The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 15. It can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1512. Matthew 11, 2 through 15. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? And Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cleansed, and the deaf they hear. The dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear fine clothes are the king's, are in the king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes. I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist yet. Whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence, and violent people have been raiding it. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Be positive. The future is bright. The sky is the limit for you. Everything is going to work out for you. 
And it really is. It really is. This isn't only a mantra to repeat over and over again or some sort of a crutch to get by with on a tough day. This isn't the youthful optimism of a teenager who says, I'm going to be the President of the United States. Nor is this the power of positivity. And it certainly isn't some false gospel that if you believe, God will make you rich. That's not what it is. It comes from our Father who art in heaven, a God who is the God of hope. He has sent his Son to live your life, to die your death, that you may have hope. Hope in the future. Hope for a better tomorrow. Hope that you actually will be better than you were today. Hope that there will be a day when the sin you fight isn't going to drag you down. Hope for a better you for others. Hope in the power of God to save even you, even me, from this veil of tears. Hope in the eternal life. The world around you and me says otherwise. The world says you need to make your own reality. The world says everything is up to you. If you get better, it will be because you make it better. And you can try, but the universe is a cold place and things don't always work out for you. The world lies to you with false hope. The world says you can do better. You are better. You can do anything all by yourself. I want you to know that I'm not looking at anybody specifically as I'm standing up here because I see some faces going. I'm talking to me. And I'm talking to you. Don't listen to the world's lies. Don't listen to the world's lies, Satan's lies. Hope in yourself is failed hope. You won't, you can't, you will never do the things on your own that you want 
God has saved you from ever being on your own like that again. Your hope is in God. That's a real hope. That's a true hope. God is going to be good to you. He is going to make things right and good. And it's going to work out because God is going to work it out for you in Christ. He already has. Did you hear me? He already has. And it's up to him to make it good in your world. He never promises that it will be the way you want it to be. He's a bigger God than that. It will be better, though, than you and I ever could come up with on our own. It just is. For the God who, the God who didn't spare his own son to save me, to save you, the God that didn't even spare his own son will make things new for you and for me. What if I fail? What if I fall on my face? What if you fall on your face? Well, God will use that too. For good, you will win, even in your losses, even in your sorrows. You will live, even in your death. That's what he did for Jesus on his cross. That's what he'll do for you. He promised. The God of hope does not, excuse me, the God of hope does the same for you. Rescues you from death and the devil. You'll see. You will see. And don't believe me. Believe Jesus. Some examples of faith. You know, people lament, I have, how long must I wait? How long? And where are you in my life, Lord? This isn't fair. It hurts. Where are you in my grief? Where are you in my illness? Where are you in my despair? Where are you in my, in my injury? The truth is, he is and he was always with us. That's his promise. How did Job do it? Really, how, how did Job do it? How did he remain steadfast? How will I remain steadfast? You know, me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity, <laughs> 
I complain. My heart is anxious. Dad, my tongue is muted. My ears don't hear you sometimes. My body is crippled. And yet, like Job, I believe. And I confess you, Jesus. Today's gospel, Jesus answered, go back to tell John and tell him all the things that you hear and see. The blind can see, the crippled can walk, people with harmful skin diseases are healed, the deaf can hear, the dead are raised to life, and the, go- and the good news is told to the poor. That's Matthew 11, 4 through 5. You know, there's a, a lot of gifts that we that we hope for during the Christmas season, especially when we're little. Do you remember back to that when you were a little one and you, you had all these dreams of what may be underneath that tree that Santa will leave you? And we have that same kind of hope for gifts during a season of trial or a season of anguish, don't we? When, when I read... Jesus' reply to the disciples to take back to John the Baptist, at first glance I said, that seems a little bit lacking. I said, that's not what I was hoping for. You know, I wondered if, if for a moment, if John the Baptist was at all like me, because I would be looking for things like cell doors opening, right? I'd be looking for things like chains and shackles falling off, and and uh, basically a get-out-of-jail-free card. Instead, the way I looked at it, I said, (laughs) oh, forgive me, Father. But I said, those words are kind of like getting a 10-pack of socks for Christmas when you're a kid. What a terrible pastor am I. But I thought it. And he still loves me. But here's what we know. We know that John, even though he was in prison, was hearing all about the wonderful things that Jesus Christ was doing. And he sent a message to Jesus by his friends, and he said, hey, ask ask Jesus if he's the one we're expecting, or is there another one? And I've taken comfort in that before by saying, wow, if John the Baptist and no greater man born a woman can have a doubt, I'm sure it's okay if Ken does sometimes too. And then I love that thing. It's, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Right? So when they asked Jesus that question, and he answered, and he said, go back and tell them about these things. And, and we know the blind can see, the cripple can walk, people with harmful skin diseases, that's the leprosy. They're healed. The deaf can hear. The dead are raised to life. And the good news is told to the poor. And the truth is, that's not bad news at all to John or to you and me. That is actually the fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah. His words reveal his words, Jesus' words to the disciples going back to John, they reveal and confirm that he is the promised Christ. He is the Messiah spoken of through the prophet's words. That's confirmation. 
So let's look at it a little differently instead of socks, which we all need. If you were blind, what better gift could you receive than to be able to see? Once you and I were blind. If you were crippled, what better gift could you receive than to be able to walk? If you were dead, what better gift could you receive than the gift of life? If you were John the Baptist, what better gift could you receive that the words of the prophets were written, they are true. The words spoken through you were true. Jesus is God's gift to us. Jesus came to earth to give us life, eternal life. Wow. What a gift. So we say, dear God, we say thank you, Jesus. We know that every good gift that we receive comes for you, from you. And, and the greatest gift is eternal life brought down to us through your son. Daddy, thank you. All right, last story. I promise. Actually, no, I don't. There's, there's two short stories. Little Johnny stories, because I got one. Little Johnny, he can't sleep, and he calls out, Daddy, can I come sleep with you and Mom? I'm a scared of monsters. And this earthly, fleshly father said, No can do, son. I can't risk the monsters following you and getting your mom and me. Another story, i got to try to <laughs> recover from that one. Little Johnny says, Daddy, I'm scared. Can I come sleep with you and Mom? And Dad says, pray to Jesus. He's with you. Johnny says, yes, I know. But I need somebody with skin on. Yes, son. Come here. Come in with your mom and me. Well, today, we're like little Johnny. We want a piece of Jesus. We want Jesus with skin on so badly. And today, when we come up to the altar, his presence, we practice his presence. He's here. He's here in these simple elements. He promises his body for you, his blood shed for you. And it's a gift that we need. It's a gift of grace so that you and I may remain in him and have his blessed hope. In the name of Jesus, amen.